0: So let's mm-hmm.
1: just jump in. Yeah, what let's, you let's just go, let's right, go in. right in. No lube. So I'm going to start this <laughs> off like a little tale for you. No lube. <laughs> I just realized what you said.
0: to episode fourteen of your girls' show, curiosity syndrome. Curiosity syndrome, and I am Lisa, and I'm Jen. I,
1: don't know, I just wanted to do it this time.
0: You're like, oh, I just wanted, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's me. Lisa. You can be like, oh, I can be Jen today. <laughs> Actually, it's me, Jen, and it's me, Lisa. <laughs> Why do you think I sound like that? It's
1: your girl, it's Lisa. Me, me. I'm, Jean.
0: <laughs> I'm Todd.
1: Well, I'm officially terrified. Oh, so.
0: Todd is our mascot that we didn't know about.
1: Yeah, we just made him up just now for you.
0: Yeah, so yeah, that's cool. We're just sitting here in our room watching Buffy on the floor, rolling around, being She's so cute. Being a little crazy kitty. She's just laying there. She's so, she's just
1: laying on her back with her paws, front paws like tucked in.
0: Oh, so cute. So cute. Oh, you're so fluffy and cute. <laughs> she's a cute little baby girl. Look at her. She's like, yeah, pet I know. me. She's like, she's like pet it. Yeah. She's like, I, I dare you.
1: You must pet me.
0: Pet my belly. I no, dare you. Looking at me, evil now look. <laughs> I can't really <laughs> see the top of her face, but. Anyway, it is Sunday, July. I almost said June. July. I almost said June. July seventeenth. I don't honestly know what date this is going to be coming out of, but yeah, we keep
1: recording ahead. Now I
0: don't know what's happening. Yeah, well, (laughs) we got to stay ahead. We got to stay ahead to get ahead. You know what what I'm saying? saying? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um. But yeah, what have you been up to lately?
1: Oh, just dealing with my daughter puking everywhere like Exorcist style. God, (laughs) I know. It was a fun time and. Let me tell you, four-year-olds. When that happens, they freak the fuck out. Mm. She just kept crying and screaming and making it worse. Oh, it was literally me. Yeah, it was (laughs) me with food poisoning. Yeah, it was insane. Oh my god! But at least I got the warning bells before she would do it because she would just start going.
0: You have like you have like that red light up there, and it goes. Or, get to the or, like, out in the Midwest, they have, like, this tornado sign. Twister, that's all I could
1: think oh, of. Rest it was, in
0: peace, Phil yeah, oh, I know. Love you, dude.
1: But she's better today. So, that was fun. What have you been up to?
0: Nothing, really. Just organizing the house, fixing the house dealing with stuff with the house <laughs> Just working the house. i worked saturday which normally i don't do but so i was basically like i work six days in a row because i had to take wednesday off and i had to work all day wednesday at the house yeah. so it's like i worked six days today's my day off and now i'm gonna work another five days so that's gonna be fun it's a fun time but i love work <laughs> yeah, but a new game's coming out and i'm probably gonna be streaming it
1: oh what's the game
0: it's called stray is that the cat game? Yeah, it's the oh cat game. Oh my god, it's game. literally a game made for you. I was about to say, okay, well, you guys can go back and watch my stream, because it would have already happened by the time this comes out. Plug it, plug it. What is it? What's your stream, Twitch? What do we got? It's Viva Legend. go check it out. I will probably be streaming a different game by the time this one comes out, but trying to get back on that, and um, doing that, and this, so at least... You know, with Twitch, I just have to sit down and play games. I don't have to do anything like with this one, but...
1: Gosh, yeah, there's so much research involved in this.
0: Especially this one, Lisa, which I was like, why don't we do an easy one? (laughs) And then I look at this and I'm like, oh!
1: This is very far from easy. (laughs) I'm so sorry. Yeah, so
0: Lisa, she picked our topic for this week. So why don't you get into a little bit about what we're going to be discussing today.
1: So today we're going to be talking about the disappearance of Maura Murray. It is crazy. It is <laughs> so twisty, turny. There's so much. Yeah, like, I know. I,
0: I, mm. <laughs> there's so many like different sides. Like, I don't know. It was so weird. It is. It's weird. So I,
1: I've heard it before on another podcast covered, but it wasn't in depth really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't realize <laughs> when I picked it uh, how crazy this one was going to be. Mm. All right. So let's just jump right in. On February 9th, 2004, not long after 7 p.m., the phone rang at the Grafton County Sheriff's Department. The caller was reporting a car accident involving a black 1996 Saturn that was up against a snowbank in Woodsville, New Hampshire. When the police finally arrived to the scene, the woman re- that was reported was nowhere to be seen. Police believe the woman was possibly Maura Murray. She had been missing, and she was a 21-year-old student at the University of Massachusetts.
0: Mm. So, yeah. such a tale but yeah. i like it's funny that he got that little bit but then there's like oh there's so much crap yeah, that so we're gonna that, just that's jump just in a little, a little summary <laughs> <laughs> yeah seriously all right well let's just kind of get into mara murray she was born may 4th 1982 in Hanson, massachusetts she came from a pretty big family she had two older sisters and an older brother along with one younger brother her parents divorced when she was six and she ended up living mostly with her mother she attended Whitman Hanson Regional High School and while there she was a big track star on the track team. So yeah, but she was like a really big into sports and everything.
1: I, anyone who can run and have fun and be good at it, kudos cuz right. I can't even
0: jog. So. <laughs> and she was accepted into West Point, which if you don't know what West Point is, it's a well-known military academy in West Point, New York. It's the oldest occupied military post in the US. Yeah, so if you're going there, you, you know, you know your stuff. Know I was going to say, i would never heard of it, so, yeah. Oh, you've never heard of West Point? Nope. Oh. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> <laughs> True. She studied chemical engineering for three semesters until she transferred to the University of Massachusetts Amherst to begin studying nursing. She did well at the military academy, but ended up deciding that the military was not for her. But... There's another claim that she left West Point because she was caught stealing makeup from a store and transferred before she could be expelled. Hmm. Did you hear about that at all? I didn't know that
1: part. No, that's interesting. I've
0: read that in a few articles, but I don't. Huh? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying. That's what that's what makes be... this story so nuts. Is because there's so many different. Things you don't know what's true and what's not. There really is. Because there also is another theory that some shit happened on campus at the new school. I I think it was the new one, so at Massachusetts, Mm -hmm. where she had a hit and run with another student. Like, she hit somebody with her car or something, but that was never confirmed either. Hmm. So I don't know if maybe the school is trying to say some stuff. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Okay. From what it sounds, like, she was a pretty good student and... Hey, I mean, she got into West Point, which
1: you say is and a she transferred, prestigious school. Yeah, she transferred and then she to went another nursing. So. Yeah, and I know firsthand that's not easy. That is a tough, tough position to be in. A tough course study, all of it. It's all a lot to deal with.
0: Yeah, but it everything leading up to her disappearance is just so weird to me. Like yes. it, it. I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you get into that. Okay, so
1: let's talk about some of the strange behavior that she had leading up to the disappearance. One night while working on the campus with her security job, on February 5th, Mora called her older sister Kathleen. The ladies talked about guy problems. You know how that is. More specifically, Kathleen's issues with her, at the time, fiancé. The same night around 1030, while still working her shift, it is reported that Mora just broke out, broke down in tears. So her supervisor came in, and when she got to Mora's desk... She stated that Mora was just completely zoned out. No reaction at all and was just kind of unresponsive. Hmm. So like catatonic, I guess, just staring. Do at they me. know
0: like she got a phone call or anything or she just started crying? It was.
1: I, so as far as I know, the only thing that happened was she talked to her sister. Okay. So that could it possibly have something to do with it. I, I, don't, don't, know. I don't know. The supervisor then escorted Mora back to her dorm room around one twenty a.m. When she then asked what was wrong... And she finally said something, but only two words, my sister. Hmm. So no one really knew what was said between the sisters in this phone call until 2017. What? The, I know. I'm like, <laughs> what? wow, that's a long, come from 2004, you waited that long to say something? Yeah. And it was Kathleen who disclosed the contents of that call. Yeah. Kathleen at the time was a recovering alcoholic, and she had just been discharged from a rehab clinic that evening. On the way home, her shit bag of a fiancé took her straight to a liquor store, which caused her to have an emotional breakdown. Oh. So I don't know. If well, why wouldn't she have said it back then? I don't know why she waited so long. And now I'm like, is that even true? I don't like, know. Yeah, that's... Because it really apparently upset Maura a lot. Yeah. Whatever happened in that call, especially for her to just be like, my sister. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Fast forward to the 7th, Mora's father, Fred, came to visit his daughter, the pair went car shopping in the afternoon, and then dinner later when she invited her friend to come with them. Moore then dropped her dad off at the at his hotel room and borrowed his Toyota Corolla, and went back to the campus to attend a dorm party. She got to the party around 10:30 p.m. and then left at 2:30 a.m., which is bringing us into the early morning hours of Sunday the eighth. Mm-hmm. While on the way back to her father's hotel room at 3.30 a.m., she crashed into a guardrail on Route 9 at Hadley, resulting in $10,000 worth of damage. Mm. So today, that would be $14,300. Oh, God. Yeah. That's a lot. The responding officer wrote up an incident report, but there was no record of any field sobriety tests being performed. What? Yeah. So I'm like i didn't use my blinker once <laughs> and they made me get out of the car and they're like do everything oh, say your abc's backwards i i wonder if he like had sympathy for her maybe or knew she was. Drunk i mean and it, didn't want to get her back her in like oh four i guess not or was she even drunk she was at a, a dorm party so hmm. but for them to not even do one whether she wasn't or not after a wreck like that yeah because it just involved her i don't know it's a little sus She was then driven to her father's hotel room where she stayed for the rest of the morning. There is a record of her calling her boyfriend from her father's phone at 4.49 a.m., but no one knows what was said in this call. Did they
0: not interview the boyfriend?
1: They do. We'll get to it. Oh, okay. He never says, though, I I believe. What the fuck is wrong with
0: these... What the fuck? It just makes
1: it so much more weird and and mysterious, I guess, with all the... It's why they wouldn't come forward and say... It's especially when their family boyfriend, like,
0: what is wrong? Yeah, with you? I don't Your know. Your loved
1: one's missing. Like, hello, These,
0: this this family's sister, this family's daughter is gone. Just why? Gone. Just tell them what it is. Nobody yeah. even cares if you were like you it know could what have I'm been saying? whatever the conversation. Just fucking say.
1: So later that Sunday morning, because that's where we're at now, Fred called and found out from his insurance that it would be covered for the damage done to the vehicle. So he then rented a car and dropped Mora back off at her university and then left to head back home to Connecticut. Fred called his daughter around 1130 that night to remind her to get the incident forms from the DMV to submit for the insurance claim. They both agreed to talk again on Monday night to get the forms altogether filled out to file the claim on the phone. Fast forward to 12 a.m. on Monday, February 9th, 2004. Maura used a personal computer to search MapQuest. Remember that? Oh, oh. my God. Did you ever use MapQuest? I did, yeah. Oh, I man. still have to use it sometimes. I was just remember me and my friend Candace used to go to weird places close to here, like Latta. And mm. I just remember having to print them out and then read to her while she was... It was a mess.
0: Yeah. I used... I mean... I- I've like popped on there a few times if Google was being weird, but it's just oh, that still webs- exists. Yeah, that web-, the web that website's a mess though because if oh. you try to get directions, it's like ten million pop ups, and then you're just like, I'll just okay. give up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is why phones are better. <laughs> yeah.
1: So she got on MapQuest for directions to the Berkshires. Is that how you say that? Berkshires.
0: Berkshire. I don't know.
1: And Burlington and Vermont. She asked like, Bernie
0: Sanders. Bernie.
1: Sanders. I was gonna say, hey Bernie, Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> She sent an email to her boyfriend, which read, I love you more stud. I got your messages and honestly, I just didn't feel like talking too much of anyone. I promise I will call you today though. Love you, Mora." She also around this time called a rental company inquiring about a condo for rent in Bert Bartlett in New Hampshire. This company was familiar to her as her family and her had vacation there in the past. Telephone records show that this call lasted for three minutes. The owner, however, did not rent the car condo to Mora. Hmm. At one thirteen, she called one of her fellow nursing students again for reasons unknown. Nothing ever came from it. Never said who it was or what uh, they talked yeah, about. I can't believe that. I. She then emailed her professors at one twenty four and wrote, "There has been a death in the family, and I need to leave the campus for a week." Her family later said that there had been no death, so hmm. that's interesting
0: interesting maybe
1: she just wanted a, a break i don't know no. at 205 she called a number which was a recorded line that provided info on booking hotels in stowe vermont this call lasted approximately five minutes at two eighteen p.m she called her boyfriend and left a voicemail promising they would talk later this one lasted only one minute hmm. she then proceeded to pack up some clothes toiletries textbooks and her birth control pills and put them in her car at 3.30 p.m., she drove off campus in her 1996 Black Saturn. Classes had actually been canceled that day due to a snowstorm. At 3.40, she went to an ATM and withdrew $280. The footage on the ATM camera showed that she was absolutely alone in her car. At a liquor store nearby, Mora purchased $40 worth of alcohol, including Baileys, Kahlua, vodka, and a box of that wine we love that we couldn't say last time. Is it Frisnia? Frisnia? Fransia. Fransia? Okay francia the store's footage picked her up and she was still alone at this point so she's all alone buying a lot of liquor for
0: only 40 dollars. yeah that's that
1: also shows the time (laughs) (laughs) at some point that day she also ran and got the incident report from the dmv she then left amherst between four and five on interstate 91 north presumably still not sure a call to check her voicemail was made at 4:37 p.m., and this would be the last use of her cell phone. To this day, there is no indication that she ever told anyone where she was going or if she even knew where she was heading. It's so weird. I know. I mean, it's very random and out of nowhere. I feel.
0: Yeah. Because I mean, no one. She's trying
1: to rent a condo. Yeah, and then she called about hotel bookings, and it was in different places. Very strange. Hmm.
0: So why don't we... uh, But she went and got the report from the DMV, too. Yeah, she did. She stopped
1: by the DMV. And I'm I'm assuming they even got footage from there that showed she was still alone. So it's very interesting. All right, so why don't we jump into what they found at the crime scene. Jen, you you handled this part, so why don't you fill us in here?
0: All right. A local resident named Faith Westman of Woodsville, New Hampshire, called the Grafton County Sheriff's Department at 7.27 p.m. So the last time she was seen or heard of was that voicemail call at 437 so mm. we're a little about 3 hours out she heard a loud noise outside which was a car going into the snowbank and a tree on route 112 at first faith said she saw a man smoking in the car but then she said oh wait it's a red light from a cell phone did cell phones have red lights back then what i 2004 i i I think from what she like if she had her hair up yeah and she was on her phone it maybe looked like the end of a cigarette okay like a red light still
1: just her though she just thought she was yeah just there was there there
0: there wasn't like two people okay yes
1: i was like wait because that's
0: contradictory to whatever we said earlier there's so much stuff all right but then she said oh wait it might be just somebody with a cell phone weird um Butch Atwood stopped by the scene and saw the car and said he saw a young woman walking around it and he was a school bus driver for the district. Um, he said the girl looked like she was shivering from the cold, but that she didn't seem to be hurt from the accident. Hmm. He said he'd call 911 and she pleaded with him not to call the cops because she had already called AAA, which AAA said they'd never have any recording of any call. They were never called.
1: So she begs him not to call the police after she'd just been in an accident. She's freezing, and mm-hmm. she begs him not to call. Interesting. I wonder if it was because maybe she had been drinking. I don't know. I,
0: I don't know. Uh, the bus driver slash Good Samaritan thought um, that was a little sus since there was there was no cell phone reception around. So he went home, which was only 100 yards away, a.k.a. a football field, mm-hmm. and called the police anyway at 7.42. And I read through his transcript, and it's interesting because at the end, he even mentions that something is wrong with the phone lines because he asked, what happened to all the phone lines into Grafton? And the dispatcher says, I have no idea. We haven't been told anything. So there was no way hmm. she could have made any calls because yeah. the cell towers were down. So he, he called from his house phone. Yes. He went home. Interesting. So she lied. Yes, oh, no. she didn't she didn't call anybody interesting and this is right about 15 minutes after the other um, after the other resident faith she had called the police. okay um, a third witness said she drove by the scene of the accident at 7:37 pm and said the police were already there which is hmm. contradictory to what the police have logged and that they showed up nine minutes after that. Which if it, okay. if this person drove by at seven thirty seven, that would have been ten minutes after the accident. Yeah, because she called at what twenty seven. And that would have been she unless she thought maybe it wasn't, or maybe she thought it was the Butch guy. Maybe I don't, I don't know. That's very strange
1: because for her to say they were already there.
0: Hmm. Yeah, this one, this yeah. So they're not real sure about this witness, or I don't, I don't know because. Mm-hmm. The Sheriff's Department said Sergeant Cecil Smith was the first responding officer to arrive at 7.46 p.m. after Faith Westman had called. Hmm. Which would have been, let's see here, if the accident was at 7.27, hmm. and the bus driver... He called was, it... He, was, he called at 7.42, but if he had to take five minutes to get home and get into his house... Yeah. So... Literally, she would have disappeared what within this ten minute time frame? Is it
1: ten or twenty? Let's see. So, is the crash was heard at seven twenty seven? And they got there. At, what time was it again? Seven.
0: So they got there at seven forty six. But Butch was there after seven twenty seven.
1: That's right, because he's seen her.
0: Okay. So, so but he had like ten minutes.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe not even. It could have been less than that. Because
0: he got home at seven forty two. So let's just say if she was in the accident seven twenty seven. Take three minutes to get out. Seven thirty. So he would, had to have been there within between 7.30 and 7.37 if it took him five minutes to get home.
1: Yeah. So Yeah, that's not, it's not. It's a low. very small window. Yes, very, very small. So that's also crazy to me.
0: Yeah. The tree had um, kind of impacted the driver's side of the car. The windshield was cracked and both blags had deployed. Car's all messed up. It's been an accident. Car's locked. No one's in there? No one's in there. She's gone. Hmm. She's gone. The officer said he saw red stains he believed to be wine inside on the ceiling and door and on the outside of the vehicle and that there was an empty beer bottle inside along with a damaged box of Franzia behind the driver's seat. Hmm. He also found her AAA card, unused the incident report forms, diamond jewelry, makeup, CDs, directions to Burlington, Mara's favorite stuffed animal, and a book about mountain climbing. There was no wallet. No license, no credit cards, nothing. They've also never found any of her stuff like that since.
1: So, what made him think that the red stains were wine? I wonder what if I'm, what if it could have been blood? Did they ever? Test I mean, stuff, I think I,
0: wonder? I think blood and wine would look different in the snow. Oh, wines. Well, it's in their car, so I don't know. Oh, I mean, you know, I it, wine, guess wines a little more. Maybe they purpley. I don't
1: know. I'm just being ridiculous right now, but yeah.
0: I mean, blood might be a little more thick and like black like right i don't know but it's still weird that there was no wallet no license no credit card it's all gone but she locked the door before she left too weird. yeah i don't hmm. yeah i don't know so somewhere in this roughly 10 minute time frame all these people seeing her she disappeared like that's like you said earlier, that like that's such a small like nobody could even see her like w- walking or yeah walking
1: away. Like I don't I don't know if they aren't that far from her to be able to hear the crash. Yeah, you know, and I feel like let's just be, let's just faith. She seems
0: like she might be one of those nosy neighbors, so I'm assuming she. Probably I know I'd be nosy. Yeah, I'd be looking out like what the hell's going like, on? Hello? You know, are you guys good? Yeah. yeah. Uh, That first responding officer, Cecil, and Butch Atwood got together and went around driving in the area to look for her. They didn't find anything right before 8 p.m., so about 15 minutes after the cop got there, a fire truck and EMS arrived. Her car was towed to a nearby garage at about 8.49 p.m. After the cop and Butch drove around for a while, the officer left at about 9.30. And I found two different explanations for this next part um, I'm going to talk about. So I'm going to get to Wikipedia first. So Mm -hmm. Wikipedia says when they were doing a search around the car, they found that the emergency roadside kit in the vehicle was stuffed into the car's muffler. Because Mm -hmm. that makes sense. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Now, according to MaraMurrayMissing.org, They said it was a rag stuffed in the muffler, and she did this because her dad, Fred, told her it would keep her from being pulled over and ticketed by police for excessive smoke coming out of the tailpipe.
1: Okay, that one is the one that I've heard, and I I believe the More is the family's website. It's written by the family, but I'd heard that, the rag part, with it being stuffed in there for the muffler, which is... I'm not a mechanic. I don't know, but that I don't... That does not... I don't think that's good. No,
0: that's I, not. Okay. <laughs> I mean, back then, they probably were like, oh, just... Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I thought it was interesting that, like, there's two different... There's so many... Like, this whole story, is, there's this one and this one. And there's, like, mm-hmm. random... It just bounces yeah. off
1: of each other, yeah.
0: Now, allegedly, there was a sighting of Mara walking down Route One Twelve, about four to five miles away from the accident, around 8, 8.30... So that would have been about 30 minutes to an hour after the accident.
1: And she was a four to five. But wouldn't they have seen her? I wonder, like, which way they came in. There's so many Uh, cops and stuff out there now. I don't know.
0: That's... I
1: don't know about that one.
0: I guess if she started, like, walking, like, right after the bus driver left, Mm -hmm. she... I mean, the timing would seem about right. I mean, she was an athlete, so it wasn't like it would take her forever to get that far.
1: Yeah, but I feel like... I don't know, because I didn't look at, like, the maps. There's only... What, two ways to get to it? Either coming in or, you know what I mean? So I how know. did no one, no emergency know. vehicles pass her if
0: that's the case? Unless hmm. they were coming from the other... Yeah, I don't, I don't or know. Or if it doesn't she make ducked sense.
1: and hid every time she seen one of them because she didn't want to <sighs> yeah, be I around police.
0: I don't know. But the contractor who allegedly saw her didn't report it until three months later. <sighs> Because he had his dates messed up. He was confused on the evening he actually saw her and didn't realize his mistake until he checked his work records. He said she was wearing a dark coat, jeans, and a light colored hood. Um, I found the press release that the Haverhill Police Department released and to sum it up, it said Cecil was first on the scene. Witnesses said Mara seemed under the impairment of alcohol. When asked if she needed help, she said no and that she was gone before the police arrived. Which, the bus driver never said anything about her being, like, drunk. He just said she looked cold.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty sure he actually says later on that he believes she wasn't. Yeah.
0: So. And I quote, An intensive search for Murray is presently being conducted by the Haverhill Police Department, New Hampshire Fish and Game, and New Hampshire State Police Troop F, as well as the New Hampshire State Police Helicopter. It is believed that Murray may be en route to the Kansamagus Highway area, Murray is listed as endangered and possibly suicidal at this time. Why? Why did they come to that? <laughs> I that don't... That pisses me the fuck no. off. They don't
1: even know. They weren't even... They didn't even see her by the time they got there. She was gone. What the fuck?
0: I don't know. I don't know. But that's the last confirmed sighting of her with mm. the bus driver, Butch Atwood. She's never been seen since. See, I believe him. I think that
1: he's the one who last seen her. And there's this weird... Something happened in that seven, ten, 10 minute minutes. window... That's just... It freaks me out that it just happened so fast, and I'm like, please...
0: I know. Like, he was literally just talking to her, yeah. turned around, and went home, which was not far. It was yeah. only a football field, which is not far. Yeah. And, and then, then... Just poof. Yeah. Say, what time did he call again? He called...
1: 747. He called at
0: 742. Oh, yeah. And the police were there at 746.
1: Yeah. Because they had already got the call Faith.
0: Right. So, in that four... It's, yeah. It, it
1: stresses me the absolute fuck out. The initial investigation lasted from 2004 to 2005. The day after the discovery of the accident at 1236, a bolo was put out for Mora, and the family was finally alerted to what the fuck was happening. And this wasn't until the next fucking day. They waited to tell the family.
0: How did the, how did they know it was her car? Did they maybe run the plate or something? They, I don't know how they connected it, but I guess they assumed
1: because she hadn't been heard from and they hadn't seen her and she was kind of already missing
0: a little, I guess. I guess she had those reports in the car, maybe.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right.
0: I mean, they were in there. Oh, their triple, her AAA car was in okay. there. That's what it was, yeah. They
1: probably just used that to confirm it. But, mm-hmm. yeah, they waited until the next fucking day to tell the family. I was actually watching a YouTube doc on this case, and the sister was on it which would be uh, Kathleen. And she said it felt like they got cheated, not finding out until it was the next day because the first 24 hours are the most crucial. Mm-hmm. So anyways, a message was left on Fred's home phone at 3.20 p.m., again, the next fucking day, saying that her car had been found abandoned, and he, but he didn't receive this message because he was out of state for work at this time. Ugh. So at 5 p.m., Maura's older sister got into contact with her dad and told him of the situation. I'm assuming she got home, checked the mail, the (laughs) voicemail. He then contacted the Haverville Police Department, and they told him if she was not reported safe by the next morning, that the Fish and Game Department would start a search. (laughs) Fred made it to Haverville before dawn on February 11th. At 8 a.m., the Fish and Game and the family and some locals began a search. A police dog did pick up a scent from one of Maura's gloves and tracked it about 100 yards east from the accident, and then it just disappeared. With that, a lot of people believe that she had been picked up willingly or maybe unwillingly by another car,
0: which kind of... But wouldn't they...
1: I don't know. If she was walking and someone snatched her up, that makes sense because it's so fast. It happens so fast. But wouldn't...
0: I mean, if that one resident could hear... Right the crash wouldn't right. she maybe hear a car taken off
1: i don't know I, that's why i'm like why wasn't someone or
0: wouldn't the cop have passed this car or ambulances or something have like but you they, mentioned
1: they passed before they got to the scene and they didn't know who they were looking for or at it probably just
0: just drove right by them um, but i don't think there's many cars going down this road true
1: i mean it is in the middle of winter yeah in a very Versus snowy place. storm
0: yeah, yeah. and
1: uh, enough of a storm to cancel classes yeah this is interesting at 5 p.m. Maura's boyfriend and his parents arrived in Haverhill, and he was questioned at that point in private. And then again with his parents present, her boyfriend told police that he had his phone turned off during his flight into town. And while on the plane, he got a voicemail. He believed that this voicemail was Mara, Mara sobbing. The call was traced and it turned out to be a calling card issued to the American red cross. Whatever that means.
0: I think maybe they have, like, cards that they give to, like, homeless people Uh, and stuff. Or, like, disabled people or people who need to make calls. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what I assume. I don't really know. Like a collect call, but for free. Yeah, yeah.
1: Okay. On the 13th, the police announced that Maura may have been heading back to the campus. They also said that she was listed as in danger and possibly suicidal. Again, trying to push this narrative. Where it fucking came from, I don't know. Mm -hmm. It's driving me crazy. They also reported that she was intoxicated at the crash site, which is just some fucked shit because Atwood said at one point that he did not believe she was impaired. Yeah. So why they just was like not even seeing her. They didn't see her. That's what fucking kills me. So they don't know what condition she was in, if she was drunk or what if she was. That guy
0: must feel like so bad. Yeah, I know.
1: I I couldn't imagine the guilt from just. I mean, but, you know, it's not his fault. It isn't. It isn't, and he couldn't call right there from where he was because it wasn't working. Because their cell towers to weren't working, yeah. Uh, yeah, but he probably does feel so bad. He is probably just thinking over and over again, I should have just stayed. Yeah, the guilt probably is intense. On day 10, the FBI got involved, and the Haverhill police announced that the search was now nationwide. The same day, the Fish and Game conducted a second ground-and-air search using a helicopter with thermal imaging camera and tracking dogs and cadaver dogs. Morris's older sister found a pair of women's underwear on a snow, in the snow on a secluded trail on February 26th. DNA tests performed showed that they were not Morris's. At the end of February, the items found in her car were returned to her family. March 2nd, the family checked out of their hotel room. Fred returned every weekend, though, to search for his daughter. Mm-hmm. Jump ahead to the 1st of July, 2004 still. The items released to the family from her car were then returned to the police for further forensic analysis. Yeah, let's wait a few months and get those back.
0: Yeah. It's, what, what the fuck?
1: They gave them to other people. It's probably compromised now. I don't get it. I don't know. Shoddy police work. You guys fucked this up from the jump. July 13th, a one-mile radius search was performed by nearly a hundred volunteers. This would mark the fourth search conducted around the crash site, but this was the first one without snow on the ground. They hoped to find the backpack that Mora had that night, and but this search it yielded nothing conclusive. Towards the end of 2004, something very strange happened. So this man came to Fred with a rusty stained knife that he said belonged to his brother. The brother had a criminal past and at the time lived less than a mile away from the crash site. The man said that his brother and his girlfriend were acting very strange around the time of the disappearance. He claimed to believe that his brother used that knife to kill Mora. Family members of that man, though, said that he had just made up the story to get the reward money because of a history of drug use. What the fuck? (laughs) Could you imagine you're dealing with this already and someone comes and knocks on your door and is like, yeah, I think this rusty stained knife was used to murder your daughter. I, I... Even if it... Okay, so if it wasn't... If it was made up to get drugs, that's super fucked. Like, just... Yeah. Go fuck your actual self.
0: (laughs) With that rusty
1: knife. Exactly. In 2005... Fred petitioned for the New Hampshire governor at the time to help aid in the search. He also appeared on the Montel Williams show and tried to publicize the case more. Later that same year, Fred filed a lawsuit against several law enforcement agencies just trying to get a peek at the case files. So they wouldn't even let him look at him. So he's like, I will fucking sue you so I can see these case files. Yeah, I-, I just couldn't imagine what this family was going through. November 1st, 2005, a user named Tom Davies posted on a message board that was named Without Peril, or Not Without Peril, which was made to discuss the, the case. Tom said that he had seen a black backpack near a bathroom at an overlook 30 miles east of the crash site. The senior assistant attorney general said that law enforcements were aware of the backpack, but nothing was ever fucking disclosed if it was tested or really anything about this backpack. Jesus. I, the secrecy <laughs> <laughs> and drives me crazy the new hampshire league of investigators 10 retired police officers and detectives and the molly bish foundation started working the case in 2006 the arkansas group called let's bring them home offered a $75,000 reward for any info that could aid in solving the case october 2006 a two-day search within a few miles of where morris car was found was conducted in an a-frame house a mile from the site search dogs started losing their fucking minds at this closet in the house an indication that possibly there could be human remains remember that crazy man with the knife story well this house was the uh it was the former residence of the brother of the man that gave the knife i wish they had names they don't
0: have names for them so that's why it confused me so so the the knife brother The person who owned the knife was that dude's brother. This was his house. This was Knife Guy's house. Knife Guy's house. Knife Guy. Okay. (laughs) Knife Guy.
1: Crazy drug guy. Knife Knife Guy. guy. Knife Guy lived here. A sample of the carpet from that closet was collected, but guess what? The results of that were never fucking made public. Jesus. In July 2008, another two-day search through the wooded area was conducted. This group consisted of dog teams and private investigators. A cold case unit in New Hampshire was formed in 2009, and this case was cited as one of the proponents for starting this uh, unit. Her case was also added to the newly established cold case unit later that year. On the 10th anniversary of her disappearance, which was 2014, Fred, her father, was quoted in the New York Daily News, stating that he believed his daughter was dead and had been abducted that night all those years ago. So he just believed from the jump that she was abducted and murdered that's crazy which if the police would have maybe started it like that instead of just like she's suicidal she ran away whatever it was they should have started it as this person is fucking missing
0: mm-hmm. they could have
1: been potentially abducted let's do the goddamn work and figure it out instead of jumping to conclusions i cannot i don't know stand. but it's
0: it's even weirder because um when i was looking at the updates so four days ago on mm-hmm. july 13th what year is it now? 22? I
1: don't know anymore. I don't it's I know. A year.
0: The New Hampshire Attorney General, John Formella, announced that they were doing a large-scale search along a stretch of road five miles away from where she disappeared. This was based on the sighting that saw her walking down the road all those years ago. It's a portion of land in the land off in eastern area off of Route 112. Authorities said they're doing the search not because of new information, but because they wanted to revisit previous areas which if you ask me it's a bit late uh
1: far too late yeah
0: there were 35 people between fish and game and the attorney general's office teams of investigators walked in a line through the woods and even had police dogs again it was a one-day search before it was concluded and they haven't announced any findings so they what? waited
1: till 2022 because that's where we're at, right? 2022. I, I said that, right? Right? Yeah.
0: Going back through like what you were saying, it was like, oh, every couple years we'll just yeah. get everyone and let's just walk it and then be done. Yeah. And they're not even going that they're far not even out. Fucking Most doing of anything. them were like
1: only a mile radius around the crime scene. Like, what the fuck? It's
0: almost been 20 years. What do you think you're gonna find? Yeah. Like uh, idiots.
1: And then you don't. You're not saying anything. Yeah. Again, just nothing. Nothing's being released. You're just. Ke- I get it that. They got that thing where officers keep things close to the chest in case. Right. In case. Yeah. Yeah. They don't want to let out everything so they can actually, because there's a lot of fucking people in this world who like mm-hmm. to come forward and be like, yeah, I murdered that person when they actually didn't do it. What the fuck's wrong with you? I don't know. Right. But so they do that so, so they can be like, well, we have this, what you know, I but know. Yeah. this case is so far out now. It has been a cold case for so long. There is nothing fucking being released. It's crazy to me.
0: I remember I was looking at a few of the theories, and there was like a, there was one about like a serial killer picked her up. Oh. There was one um, that she just wanted to start a new life, so she just left because she was being she was under investigation for credit card fraud. Yeah, I was gonna
1: say that, but I didn't really. I don't know. I just felt like it didn't pertain. But yeah, she three months before all this, she had uh, she basically. Used a stolen credit card, I believe it was. At yeah, a store. from the dorm
0: room or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and she was facing charges from that.
0: But, but I think I saw something that said she would plead down. Yeah, I was gonna say, I'm sure it wasn't. I don't know. It's just
1: weird. That it was something
0: like she could be on like good behavior or yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure she probably it wasn't like she killed somebody. Yeah, yeah. It's it is strange
1: to me that that happened. Then there was the other wreck with the car already, and then it was not too long of a time frame for all these things. And then the second wreck, maybe she, when she wrecked the second time, was like, I fucking, I can't. Like, I got to get my shit together and did take off. I don't believe that's the case. I think she was abducted. I think the police dog hit where she was walking and someone snatched her ass. Unfortunately, I hate it, but I think that's what happened. But with that being said, someone...
0: Somewhere out there has to know something, anything. Since it took ten years for some of these other fuckers to say, "Oh yeah, I said this on the phone." Yeah, I mean, what the fuck? Why are we? Yeah, that's awful. Because there's so
1: many ways to submit tips that you can even be anonymous anonymous if you're scared. Like, please don't hold stuff in. Please report it. So I've, you know, got together a few things where you can put in tips information. The family has a website which is maramurrymissing.org where there is a contact tab where you can fill out your info and give any information or tips that you may have. You can also go to the New Hampshire Department of Justice webpage where you can also submit tips via a form that they have on their cold case unit or you can call 603 223 6270. So if you have any information, please help this family get some justice, some closure, anything, any, any anything. answers. Yeah. It's, they are, yeah, it's been way too long and it's just a mystery. It's crazy. Yeah, there's n- literally nothing. Yeah. It's like she just disappeared into thin air, which is just terrifying.
0: Yeah. Uh, and just yeah. yeah, it just makes me sad that like all these, they just dropped the ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. The investigators
1: from the beginning- I think it was just biased because they found the liquor in the car or whatever it was. I don't know what it was that made them just jump to these. I mean, they said the airbags went
0: off, so she's probably got some type of head trauma. Something, yeah. You I know. mean,
1: she could have just wandered, and then she's out in the snow alone. Like, I don't know. I think yeah. There's no way she could get that
0: far in. Yeah, that
1: ten. I don't know why there wasn't a search done that night is what baffles me around the area then they might have found something but they fucked up they waited and they didn't even tell the family till the next day which is such fucking bullshit dude Mm, i would be pissed if that was my family member but we're also going to link uh what i just mentioned in our show notes aka our sources area description yeah. yeah so if you do have any information please please come forward
0: but yeah, like Lisa said, if you know anyone, or if you know anything, or you know someone who might know something, I know it's kind of out there, but just go to those websites, send a tip in, and even you know, and an
1: anonymous call, and just I don't want to give my name, but here's what I know. It's never Do too something.
0: late. Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, I know this one was a long one and a rough one, I'd yeah. say, because it's just horrible what happened. And to it's this something young lady. that's
0: still technically ongoing.
1: Yeah. So maybe within some of our newer episodes coming out we'll have an update from that july uh 13th 2020 thing that they search
0: yeah if anything comes up we will let you know but other than that we hope you keep listening and we hope to see you next wednesday and that's it Bye. Bye.
1: bye